Virgin River Season 4, Episode 1, Be My Baby, is the topic of discussion. On this podcast, we like to look at an installment of a random series every show. Virgin River dropped its fourth season July 20th on Netflix. The premiere comes in just under 45 minutes long and deals with everything from pregnancy to prison life. It's Friday and you're listening to today's episode. Is this an actual Netflix show? Yeah. Okay, so it's gone all four seasons on Netflix. It feels very much like it would have been on Lifetime or maybe like some other soapy network that just got picked up by Netflix because it was popular. Yeah, and this is supposed to be more episodes as well. 12 episodes this season and the other three had like 10 episodes. But you're saying it's been produced by Netflix the entire time. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Heartland, Heart of Dixie, Small Town, Cabins, Woodlands, Lakes, Warm hospitality with a side of gravy and a hefty dose of relationship But isn't there supposed to be, like, action? Like, I heard that people get shot, that there's, like, kidnappings. In this episode that I watched, there's less action, and it's more just one-on-one meet-cutes. So, (laughs) the previously, however, was a whole different scenario, and I think it was chaotic, and it jumped like crazy, and I did not like the previously. It went from hospital emergency room to house on fire to I want a baby to I think I'm going blind. I love you. You have cancer. I want a baby. I'm joining the Marines. We should get back together. You shot me. I'm your grandson. I want a baby. Dude passes out in the forest. I had a miscarriage. I got a baby. Now I'm pregnant. But you're not the father. But with all that was the, all the previously. Yes, I know that's with a lot characters of, I've never met before. That's a lot to throw at a viewer. But didn't that make you interested as to what this show is doing? Well, no, not necessarily. When I'm saying those lines, I'm dictating what they actually state. So it's just one character with a close-up of them saying those lines. Mm. It's not like a lot of that's actually happening. Sure, the house blew up. But besides that, it's just like, you have cancer. Now you're dead. And then, like, I'm joining the Marines. It's not like something where you're seeing a lot of action. It's more just in the dialogue. Okay. You know? So Be My Baby begins with Jack, our main character. He's just found out, apparently, that Melinda, who he just got back together with, is pregnant, but that the baby is possibly not his. That much I was able to follow. So he's having a nightmare to start off this season. And his nightmare is that her dead husband comes back to life to kind of, like, flaunt the fact that he's going to be the father because she's gotten pregnant with in vitro by using some of his frozen sperm cells. So that, Wow, okay, that's something to throw out. Jack wakes up, and then he's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm really troubled by this. Melinda and him go to the doctor to see how her pregnancy is going, um, and that's where I learned all that information about her dead husband. And they find out that they can do a non-invasive paternity test, which would solve all the issues. Jack could find out whether or not he's the father. But honestly, I don't think he's going to care too much. He's just kind of rattled with the information that he might not be. Like, I think eventually it seems like their love is strong enough where they might want to stay together no matter what. That's at least what he said. I think the big question that's going to be surrounding this season is just, as you've stated, is he the father of Melinda's baby? That's supposed to be the driving force behind the whole thing. That's crazy. Like, I would never watch a show in full completion to just answer that question. So that plot did not, like, capture you at all? You just didn't care? Well, there's two plots that are going on here. There's Jack and Melinda, which there's a lot more going on. And then there's also old Doc Vernon, and uh, he's taking care of this lady named Hope. But I'm going to just go through, even though they just keep splicing in a bunch of different interactions between two people, the entire episode, I'm going to go in order of Jack and Melinda's storyline first and then old Doc Vernon's. Okay. So 
they're at this appointment and Dr. Lorton is telling them that because Melinda is a high risk pregnancy right now, because she's had a stillborn before and yeah. Jack is just learning this for the first time that she's in the high risk category. And so he starts to freak out and he's like, okay, what can we do? And Melinda's super calm. She's like, I have a good feeling about this one. But then Jack's like, please don't tell anyone about your pregnancy, which is kind of a red flag. But Melinda takes the advice and is like, fine, I won't tell my sister. Well, why does she not want, why does he not want? It, they just got back together and I guess he's still trying to like process things. So he's like, let's just wait a week, but I still love you. And then they both go to their work. Melinda is a nurse practitioner. She shows up at the office and there's this new young doctor named Cameron who's in town. I, I assume he's a new character. No one seemed to know who he was. A bunch of the ladies by the end of the episode have come in for doctor's appointments just to flirt with him. Like he's that type of character. He's like just new blood, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so he only has eyes for Melinda though. I don't uh, know if he knows that she's pregnant, but he's like flirting with her kind of hard. And then. So you're supposed to not like his character, right? Because you're. No, always, he's not sleazy. He's just kind of like, oh no, he's going to be the guy who comes in between Jack by the end of triangle, the season. Love triangle, basically. Another love triangle. It seems like Jack's been a part of a few of those. And then Jack goes to work at his restaurant slash bar, and he has like several conversations. Again, one on ones. His sister shows up, and apparently her ex boyfriend, Brady, is currently in jail for attempting to murder him. Uh, but he said that he was framed. Yeah. Well, Brady says that he was framed. Yeah, you're talking about Bree Sheridan, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's his sister. Yeah, there's a big fan base that obviously want Bree and Brady to get back together, and they call themselves Brady. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> the only other person, like someone else was flirting with her. It was the cop who arrested Brady, who I think his name is Mike. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that doesn't really go anywhere in this episode. Then there's also the friend John Middleton, who is an employee slash cook. And he has the weirdest story, I think, because we I saw him pass out in the previously. And apparently he's trying to find his son, I think, who yep. has been kidnapped it, but, like, he's hired a PI to find this guy named Vincent who took him, and then they're just chumming about <laughs> it, him and Jack, and then Jack goes and talks to this Ricky kid. Well, wait, who, hold, hold on. Doesn't John Milton, he, like, wakes up in the forest, right? Not in this episode. Oh, okay. This, this is far in advance after that. He's John is basically saying, I'm no longer going to hardcore look for Vincent. My PI says to wait it out, and he will come out of the woodwork at some point and make a mistake, and that's when I'll get him. Yeah. Which seems weird if you have a kidnapped kid on the loose. I don't know if it's actually his kid though and then we have ricky come in and start talking to jack about how he's going to college jack is sort of like his parent figure his father figure, father figure and yeah. so like ricky needs to say i'm enlisting i'm not going to college and thanks for being such a great oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so and then belinda shows back up about her lunchtime and she, and at this point jack apparently with all these other conversations has still made time to do a bunch of internet searching and shopping because he has a bunch of baby material with him now which he gives her and he's like this is amazing we're gonna have a baby together and for someone who doesn't want to even tell anybody about it, he seems pretty Okay, okay, okay. Just, just tell me, tell me, how much of this is comedy? How much of this is romance? Because, like, when I was reading the plot for the season three finale, serious stuff goes down. In fact, did John Milton, Colin Lawrence, the person who plays him, said that, like, his character was left for dead? Like, there was so much, like, crazy stuff going on. J I think Jack Sheridan was shot. I'm not sure if that was the last season I don't know if that was last season's finale. No, yeah. I think he had already been shot, and then Brady shows up as Bree's boyfriend, and Jack immediately thinks that was the guy who shot him. Uh -huh. So I think there was a big gap between what you're talking about. But by the end of the season, Brady does go to prison. Right. And we do get these 
two cut shots of Brady in prison where he's hanging out, but like everybody hates him. There's this crew that like really thinks he should have killed this other guy. I forgot what his name was. And then he has like one friend, right? Mm -hmm. But then we cut back to Jack's storyline. And in the end, he just wants Melinda and him to go to LA where there's a bigger hospital and a better uh, clinic for the kid and so, or for the baby. And Melinda's like, no, man, I'm not going to hyperventilate about this one. It would drive me insane. We just have to, like, do this the best we can. Yeah. And then she kisses him, and then all is good. And there's only one last scene, but I want to first tell the story about Doc Vernon and his storyline, which is old, the old doctor, because we got yeah. that new young doctor who has been flirting with everybody, but the old doctor who is his boss and also Melinda's boss, because remember, she's the nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. He's basically at home most of the episode. He's trying to help this lady named Hope recover. I think it might be his wife yeah. from a traumatic brain injury that she has. Hope is pretty crabby, like she's been given food and she doesn't like it because it doesn't taste the same. And also she's like, when this Lizzie shows up to kind of change the plants and stuff like that, like fertilize them, she's like asking questions about, hey, why are you doing that? And then she's like, can you take me to Lily's place? And then Lizzie's like, yeah, I can take you to the cemetery. And then apparently, yeah, so Hope doesn't realize that her friend her best friend, I think, has passed away. She had been told that, but I think that was before the brain injury or during it. So like, she doesn't remember it. And so that really sends her into a spiral. And then Doc Vernon gets the call that he has to come home and start explaining it to her. And that's exactly what he does. When he gets home, she's like, uh, is Lily dead? And then he's like, how did you know? And it's like, even though Lizzie had just told him, that's what she had told Hope. It, it didn't make sense why he didn't realize that she would know. But then he goes into detail about how she got cancer and then she passed away from a stroke that she had had. And the funny thing about that is that was in the previously. And I finally drew that connection when he mm-hmm. was saying it. But then knock, knock, knock on the door. Vernon is finally over explaining it to Hope. Hope has gone on her way and like just hanging out in the kitchen or something. And he's swinging back a drink or something. And then knock, 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 opens the door. Hey, I'm your grandson. And he's like, I don't have any kids. And he's <laughs> And the guy's like, yes, you do. And then he shows a picture of someone else he thought was dead, who he at one time dated, who ended up being his mom. And so not his mom, not Vernon's yeah. mom, but the kid's mom. Yeah. And so like, that's how it's his grandson. And so that's a new, new character that just pops up. So at the wait, very end. so I know that this is a season premiere. So those were the two storylines. Right. But how how much of this was just exposition? It just feels like so much of it was two characters every talking to each scene, other. Every scene. And there were like, 20 scenes, two people only in the room. They never had really, when when three people were in the room, one found a way to distance himself really quickly. And then it was just one-on-one conversations. So that made it really easy to keep track of the plot after a while. But it, it was still crazy to me because it was, I've never seen a show like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that that was COVID related. I did see some people on Reddit kind of talk about what you were talking about. They yeah. were wanting more scenes with like more people. And I think that's just an ongoing thing that they want. I thought that was season. just what the show does. I thought this was normal for the show. I, I'm leaving out the giant cliffhanger, though. Do you want to know? Yes, the what's, cliffhanger? The, what's the cliffhanger? Okay, so back to Jack, right? He's chopping wood, right? Just outside <laughs> yeah. his house. And John comes up to him and is like, guess what? I got a lead. I got a lead on this Vincent dude. And he shows him a little video, right? And Jack watches the video and he's like, oh my God, I thought Brady shot me, but but he looks like the actual guy who <laughs> shot me. And with that realization, we get transported back to the prison where Brady's at, right? Uh-huh. And these, like that gang that I was talking about who doesn't like him, yeah. right? They're walking up to him with a shiv in their hand and they're like, you shouldn't have messed with us. And Brady gets up and like disarms the dude and grabs him by the neck and holds him behind him. Oh, okay. So he's cool now. 
Well, no, Brady's always, I think, been sort of cool. Everybody doesn't think right, that. but that's why, they, that, that's why fans were rooting for him. But the right? fact that he knows how to fight. Like, yeah, he disarmed the guy, and then he it makes it seem like the show's going to end with him being like, yeah, I'm a badass. Right. But then his friend, who is standing behind him, shivs him from the back, and he's like, <laughs> the Lannisters send their regards. No, he actually says something along the lines of, like, Ricky was my, uh, or no, uh, Jimmy was my cousin, you son of a bitch. And then Brady falls on the ground, bloody mess. He's probably not going to die, but it leaves it under question mark. Wow, I actually out of all the research I did, I did not know that that happened. And so. I even left out some storylines. Like, you had Shermaine in her baby shower, which I don't care about. Melinda telling her sister that she's pregnant, despite uh, Jack saying, don't tell anyone. Um, and then Mike and Brie flirting. I didn't mention that. But then also Bandit the raccoon. There was a raccoon that showed up that yep. they named Bandit and that was John and Ricky's scene together and they kind of had Was that, that. your favorite character, Bandit? No, I mean, I've seen raccoons all the time. I live in a place where raccoons are very, <laughs> very prevalent. <laughs> so did you see John Milton's girlfriend at all? Because his girlfriend is actually played by his real-life wife. No, I don't think I did. Oh, okay, all right. Um, also, <laughs> no, no, I just have, I have some facts here about all of the cast members. Wow, so, all like, of them? Well, for most of them. Like Doc Mullins, I think you were calling him Doc Vernon. He voiced the 1960s animated show Johnny Quest. Mm -hmm. And actually him and Alexandra Breckenridge, who played Melinda Monroe in this show. Uh -huh, Melinda. Yeah, they were both on a different show that we did for the podcast. Both of them? Yep, and I'll give you a hint as to what the show was. Um... Alexander Breckenridge's character was called Sophie. Well, it's not The Walking Dead, because that was Sophia. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so who, who is it? Okay, it was This Is Us. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, actually, I was surprised to learn that this is one of the most streamed shows in the world, the fourth most streamed show in the world. That's what Annette O'Toole said when she was on a podcast. That's the person who played Hope McCrea. And it seems like... Fans basically enjoy every single season of it. They enjoyed this season as well. It's gotten just pretty good reviews, but I think that's just mostly from fans. And it's already been renewed for season five. A lot of uh, people are asking how long could this show possibly go? Could season five be the end? But considering the fact that there's just so much source material and from the books, 25 novels by Robin Carr, uh, they're like, it could go on for a long time. To say something nice about it, I would definitely think that it doesn't feel like it jumped the shark ever. It feels like it's always had the same... Yeah. Yeah, it's like rooted in its own reality and this weird stuff happens and everybody is obsessed with babies. Well, it's it's yeah. obviously not targeted towards my audience. I would say skip it. I personally give it a 5 out of 10 for this episode. Um, I wasn't a huge fan, but like... 10? I mean, yeah. Do, do the characters seem emotionally grounded at least? Like <laughs> like you were saying, in their own reality? Because that's what the, the whole cast is like. Yeah, we like how this show is actually pretty realistic. It felt almost like some of those scenes were improv. Like the two characters were told, this is where you need to go with this scene. And then they kind of went back and forth until they got there. Um, why, why did you say that? Like what? Like what? it didn't feel like the script was particularly strong. It felt like it was more about the, like you were saying, the relationship, the interaction, the, the emotion behind the characters. Like I guess the acting was okay. It, so it was better than just a normal soap opera in that respect. But the actual like things that are happening are exactly like a soap opera like almost a blueprint of what i'd expect that's why i was so curious if netflix had ended up picking it up from one of these soap networks and been like well we think we can actually we have a place for this in our own uh in our own streaming wheelhouse yeah no. yeah like we need we we've needed a place to fill in for this and and again it's like heartland which i know has amazing reviews too like an but at least you have movie, horses yeah. with that this didn't have any horses you had some cool grass shots and cabins
But like other than that, it, it was just people. So who was your favorite character then? If you my had to guess, favorite character. My favorite character was probably the guy who stabbed uh, Brady in the back, who I don't even remember what his name is. But like it was funny because I didn't even really think of him as a friend to Brady. He kind of just talked to him. He was like, those guys seem to be pissed off at you for something. And then Brady's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next scene is just like stabby stab. <laughs> and I was like, what is this guy's deal? How, how many scenes? I do have a reason for asking this. How many scenes take place in the dark, like at night? Oh, like none. None? None. Well, I'm surprised to hear that because they shot it in British Columbia. And I thought that you were going to say that a ton of it was shot at night because a lot of the cast members talked about how it was so cold and rainy and this, how it turned dark very fast. This first episode happened all in the day, in one day. So I think that was kind of the point of it. Uh, okay, yeah. Because I know that like the actor who played John Milton, he was talking about how he had heat pads all over his body whenever they were shooting at night scenes just because of how cold it got in British Columbia. Well, that's got to come later on in the season then. Do you have any predictions for what might happen in the future of this show? Anything that might happen to the characters? They left a lot open. So for instance, Melinda and Jack could fight about anything. It could be because she starts to have feelings for the new doctor or maybe Jack just feels jealous of the new doctor or maybe he just gets angry that she told her sister about the pregnancy when he asked her not to or maybe he finds out that he's actually not the dad or he finds out he is the dad like it could be anything really but it doesn't I, I, in the end i think they're still going to end up together mm -hmm. so uh and then i think that uh doc vernon and his grandson are going to bond i think that hope is going to it feels like death is a pretty common theme in the show, though. So yeah. someone's probably going to die. I don't think it'll be Brady, though. Um, the love triangle between Brie, Brady, and Mike might become a thing. Like, she might start dating Mike until she finds out that Brady is innocent. And uh, it feels like a show made for kind of older people. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, no, I mean, when the cast is given scripts when they're shooting the episodes because not all the scripts are written at once. So that kind of might play into what you're talking about. Yeah, but like what I'm talking about too is the youth in the show, like for instance, Lizzie and Ricky, they kind of, they're either very wholesome kids who are just like planning to go to military school or college, or Lizzie is saying things like, well, that's what Google's for. And I just feel like <laughs> that's the type of thing you would talk to your yeah. grandma about. Like you can watch the show maybe with, with your grandparents. It's a pretty innocent show in the end. Like, especially when it's called Virgin River, I didn't know what to expect. And it really is just kind of plain. I, I think for fans, like by the end of season four, especially the finale, it does answer a lot of like long time questions while also still giving like new twists. Initially, they shot a different ending that was more divisive, I guess you could say. Um, and then they were like, you know what? Let's just shoot this ending. And they decided to go with it. It seems to have gone good reviews. Has a 7.4 on IMDb as the overall show. The episode you watched has an eight. Uh, How many only, reviews? Uh, about 50. So, okay. yeah. I mean, most of the episodes get around 300 reviews. There's only been two uh, seasons on Rotten Tomatoes that even have a tomato meter. Season 2 had a 90%. Season 3 had a 63%. And season 4, last time I checked, had two tomatoes. <laughs> so, it seems like people like it. And Bree, the character you were just talking about. Yes. People, that's, like, people's she, favorite character this she was, season. She was not in a lot of this first episode. She was in maybe two scenes. She got a new job. That's uh -huh. the only thing I haven't said. And uh, the other thing is, if I'm going to leave it off on a note, it would on a good note, I would say the best part of the show was that ending. So maybe that momentum will carry over into the next few episodes. And maybe yeah. I just watched one that I didn't think 
had too much going for it. Some of the viewers have said that the weaker parts of the show is the fact that a lot of the characters skip over important scenes. It's a lot of telling instead of showing. Yeah. Kind of like you alluded to. And there's a couple differences between the book and the series. So the show introduces characters much quicker than the books does. The books take like a long time to introduce pretty important characters. Even the new Doctor? Because the new doctor had quite the entrance. So uh, he popped in there and then she's like, I can get rid of these women for you if you're going to. And he's like, nope, they came here for a reason. And then the second scene was like, you know, I like to ask my patients what the best part of their day was. And Melinda gave some answer that was just like some very safe answer. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, my favorite part of the day was when you called me handsome. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right. So it's one yeah. of those shows. <laughs> and I mean, it feels like a very natural way to bring in a character. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, and you're I'm saying that the guy who knocked in on the door several times, he was shown in the previously, the, the one who was talking about being the grandson mm -hmm. that that is not done in the books that I, way i'm not i'm not sure about like any of those stuff all i know is that a lot the show introduces characters quicker i understand if like you are if you don't know who your parents are and then you like show up at their doorstep and you're like guess who i am yeah. like ta-da almost i've like never really heard thing. about that with grandparents that's a little different for yeah. me like hey grandpa like you feel like they would have gotten a phone call maybe just I, to warn them i know that another difference is um uh, melinda's husband and child do not die in a car accident in the books oh so that's they, how he died so yeah they switched it up i'm not sure i think that that was before the show even started the, the husband did was. show up in the dream though. yeah that's why i was surprised to hear about and then um the books are actually much he made out with his wife <laughs> the books are more romantic and adult Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's plenty of romance. There's not that much adult romance. But. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye.